Okay, today everyone, I'm joined by Michelle Rogoff, who's an investor from HPA VC, and we're going to be talking about the challenges and advantages of being a woman in VC, what it's like to be a Gen Z in venture, then we'll talk about navigating the startup environment as a woman or a Gen Z founder. So Michelle, it's lovely to have a conversation with you yesterday, and I know we kind of had similar career trajectories, so I want to start off from there. So. What was it like growing up and then run us up to speed to what got you interested in venture and what it looks like right now? Yeah, sure. So it was so great to connect. And thank you again for having me on this podcast. I'm very excited to speak about my journey into venture um, and like being a Gen Z investor as well as a woman in venture. Um, and so I have a lot to share. I'll start by kind of just giving an overview of my story and how I got into venture um, and started in the industry. So I've actually always just had a deep-seated passion for entrepreneurship, which I've carried with me since a young age. I was born and raised in the Chicagoland area, so was always just passionate about giving back to my community in a variety of ways, um, whether it was through fundraising initiatives, volunteering, or even trying to start my own businesses. I always knew I really wanted to do something purposeful in the world, um, but it wasn't really until life threw a major curveball at me in high school that I really gained an appreciation for helping find solutions to society's problems. Um, I also view venture as almost being like economic philanthropy, but with the additional accountability that exists with any philanthropic endeavor. Um, and so that's what really drew me to it. I was drawn to join HPA mostly because I very, very much like valued their mission. Um, and it was evident to me that their purpose first model that they operate by was in every way aligned with how I viewed my own life and my career. My boss, Pete Wilkins, has also really served as an incredible source of inspiration, um, specifically with his focus on, you know, being purpose first um, in everything that you do in life. I also just love venture because you can impact the world at a much greater scale, meaning that you can support many businesses at once versus just working on building a single idea from the ground up. And this allows you to also tap into a wide variety of industries, um, which is especially interesting for me, considering I'm interested in so many different areas and it's hard to pick just one. Um, and then overall, I just love that the nature of the job, it's highly charged and energizing. Um, and it's also very much like intellectually stimulating. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and kind of my journey. Yeah, I mean, especially working in venture, a lot of guests I brought on in the past, they always talked about how they were able to attend to everything, right? Because sometimes like once you're working in a specific industry, it might get a little bit boring or um, the people keep repeating a certain message. But when you're working in venture, you get to speak to a lot of founders or even colleagues and kind of get an idea of like, what are all these projects they're working on? So that's the honest, interesting part of working in venture. And then when it comes to um, looking at unique challenges that women face in the VC industry, like how what are the challenges and like how can they overcome them? 
Yeah, so I would say there's there's been a lot of um, challenges and a lot of initiatives that um, just the venture community has taken to try to combat these. So some of the key unique challenges I think that women in venture face is just like, first off, gender bias, um, a lack of representation. There's not many women in venture to start with. Um, so that's the biggest challenge, I would say. And then difficulty accessing different networks and funding opportunities. Um, I think that to really overcome these challenges, women in venture need to build strong networks, um, really advocate for themselves, seek out different mentorship opportunities and organizations and programs that will help support them on their journey. For me personally, I think that what has really helped me has been leveraging um, a strong network of women in this space who have supported me and are building with me to make a difference in the community. And from someone coming with no network, like what do you think would be good action steps to build that? Yeah, so um, I think that one of the key initiatives and something that I've seen um, is that I think in the coming years, especially more women are trying to occupy leadership roles within the venture industry. So you've even seen this strong movement towards like women focused uh, GPs. Um, I also think that just having greater gender diversity in the industry. So bringing on more women investors and providing them with the opportunities to play in venture is key. Um, I also think it's just important to create a more inclusive and welcoming culture by promoting women to different leadership roles, um, advocating for equal pay opportunities and, oppor uh, and just providing mentorship and support to women who are aspiring VCs. Um, so I've kind of done that by joining a variety of like women's focused venture organizations where both I'm receiving mentorship from women who have been in the industry for a while, as well as helping support women who are interested in um, tapping into VC. Um, like initiatives such as more targeted recruitment or education and training opportunities, um, I think are really important because I think that the reason we see these challenges is mostly because women are just unfamiliar with the space and there's not a lot of opportunities for to get them involved. So I think that really educating them on the power of venture um, and how they can play in the space is very important as well. And then what advantages do you believe women bring to the table as investors and how can these be leveraged to make better investment decisions? Yeah, so I think women bring many unique perspectives and experiences to the table as investors, um, which will ultimately lead to better investment decisions. Um, there's been a lot of studies, first off, showing that women tend to be like more risk aware, detail oriented, empathetic when it comes to dealing with the founders. Um, and I think that overall, this just leads to a more holistic understanding of different investment opportunities as well as their risks. Um, I think that to leverage these advantages, it's really important to create more diverse and inclusive investment teams. So bringing on women to the team who can seek out these um, unique opportunities and invest in companies that are really prioritizing diversity and inclusion. Also, like implementing different tools and processes that promote diversity of thought and decision making. Um, so like seeking unbiased feedback or blind screening, I think will also help as well um, to make a difference. And then what advice would you give to women who are interested in pursuing a career in venture capital? 
Yeah. So I have plenty of advice. Um, to start, I will say that really build a strong professional network, seek out all the mentorship and sponsorship opportunities that you can find, stay up to date on all the industry trends and developments and really advocate for yourself um, within the industry. So I also think it's really important to find something that really interests you within the space, whether it's a specific sector or industry, and to form your own unique perspective on it, um, because that will really help develop you as a professional and will help um, you build your own unique approach to investing. I also think that seeking out different organizations and programs that really help support women in venture is super valuable. And that's what's really helped me drive my own career. Um, the biggest thing, as I mentioned before, is really um, having built my own network of women who are supporting me. A lot of these are even other young women investors who I've kind of worked with to um, help build myself. Um, and so we've been working alongside one another to support ourselves in our careers. Um, I also think the biggest piece of advice that I kind of got as well throughout my career is to just always believe in yourself because you're just as qualified as everyone else in the room because everyone is unique and everyone has their own range of skills and experiences that they bring to the table. Um, so never be afraid to go for it. Life is so precious too. And if you don't fight for what you want, you won't get anywhere and will really regret it later on. Um, and that's kind of the motto that I've lived by in my own life. Let's elaborate on believing on yourself. Like, what action steps do you take? Because even for myself to be transparent, sometimes it's like, I see the accomplishments I've made, but then I'm constantly doubting myself every single day. So like, what do you do to, you know, navigate through that feeling? Yeah, I would say I always try to stay like very positive. And if there's something I really want to go for or achieve, I really push myself to work towards that. Um, a lot of times I will be fearful, you know, what if this doesn't work out? There's other people who may be more qualified than I am. Um, but I really try to instill that mindset in myself that like, I'm just as qualified. I have my own unique experiences that I bring to the table that others may not have. And, um, I think that that's what's let me develop in my career um, and navigate all circumstances um, and also just like not giving up if something doesn't go the way that you want it to. Um, I think that the more confident you are too, like the better the outcome. I think that that will really help you get opportunities because your confidence, um, you know, affects others. And if they kind of see that you're very positive about everything, um, I think that it just creates more opportunities for you. I like that response. And even just to make you keep elaborating, I know you talked about leveraging unique um, skills. How do you find those unique skills? Yeah, so I think that it's a combination of just, um, you kind of recognize throughout your life, like, both soft skills and hard skills, like things that you are particularly strong at. But I also think a lot of it comes from your own experiences and things that you may have dealt with throughout your life. Um, so personally, like with my hardship that I went through in high school, that completely changed my mindset of things and made me realize that I will push for, you know, whatever I want to achieve because life is so precious. You only get one chance. And if you don't go for what you want, you know, the opportunity may not come up again. 
Um, and that's actually what happened to me when I was um, trying to pursue venture. I initially was in a completely different industry. Um, and so I found the opportunity and was like, I really want to get into venture. I had some previous experience with my work um, in entrepreneurship and working with different accelerators and startups. And so I was like, I'm going to take the chance. Um, I don't know who else is out there applying for the position, but if I don't give this a shot and really prove myself, then I may not have an opportunity like this again. And to my benefit, it ended up working out. And honestly, I've talked to many other young investors as well, and they've all said that that's kind of the approach that they've taken is like, don't give up, keep pushing, and eventually you'll get it. Okay. And yeah, you talked a little bit about young investors towards the end of your response. And now I do want to switch gears and talk about being a Gen Z VC. So can you like discuss what it's like to be a Gen Z investor in a rapidly changing industry? And how do you see the future of VC evolving? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of challenges and opportunities associated with just being a young investor, um, specifically Gen Z. Um, I think that on one hand, it can be very difficult to navigate a rapidly changing landscape. Um, but at the same time, I think that all Gen Z investors really bring a unique perspective, unique perspective and fresh ideas to the table. Um, I think that in the future, we can expect to see VC becoming more democratized and accessible because I think that there'll be a variety of new technologies and platforms just making it easier for um, people to connect and for really anyone to invest in early stage companies. Um, I also think that there's a lot of new focus areas that we've never seen before, specifically things like the creator economy, which Gen Z investors and founders know best. Um, and I think that that industry as a whole is very much heavily influenced by the Gen Z community. Um, I also think that we can start to see a greater impact and emphasis on just diversity and social impact. I think that Gen Z investors and founders are way more aware of these two things um, and really try to prioritize environmental sustainability, being socially responsible. Um, and I think that VC will become more globalized as well as um, Gen Zs are continuing to build and um, invest in, you know, beyond the traditional markets and borders um, where venture has typically been concentrated in. I like that. Um, can you tell us some of the advantages and challenges of being a young investor and how can Gen Z leverage their unique perspective to make successful investments? Sure. So I think that as a young investor, some of the advantages include like really being able to bring that fresh perspective, understanding all the new technologies, trends. Um, I also think that one of the key advantages, too, is that you have a longer time horizon for your investment returns. So you'll be able to companies that you invest in at an early age, you'll be able to see through for many years. And so I think that there's a lot of learning that can happen from that. Um, and then I think that some of the key challenges are just like trying to prove credibility in the industry, especially as a young investor, um, limited access to capital, and also just trying to navigate like risk taking, especially when you're new to the space, it can be a bit overwhelming. And so learning how to navigate it and not get down if something doesn't go the way that you wanted it to, um, I think that those are some of the key challenges. I think that the way that Gen Z investors can really leverage 
um, their unique perspectives and these challenges is um, that, you know, we're all like us Gen Zs are very much like open to new ideas and approaches, which I think will really help benefit us and invest in companies that align with our unique values and like goals, um, some of which like the diversity goals, the social impact goals. I also think that our comfort with using digital tools, social media, um, and you know, all these new things that are developing nowadays, I think will help us build a strong personal brand and network as well. Um, and that will help us overcome a lot of these challenges as well. Um, and I've even noticed that with myself, like I think that social media has played an extremely big role in just like connecting me with other Gen Z investors. And that's what's helped me grow um, and meet other Gen Z founders as well. Now, focusing on investing in women founders, right? Can you discuss with us the importance of investing in female led startups and what benefits? What are the benefits that come from diversifying the investor pool? Yeah, so investing in female-led startups is very important for many different reasons. Um, I mean, a bunch of studies have even shown that companies with diverse leadership teams, um, specifically those including women, tend to outperform some of these less diverse peers. And I also think that female entrepreneurs often face very unique challenges. Um, and so investing in these female-led startups can really help address these um, this like gender gap that we see. Um, I also think there's a lot of like female focused products um, and innovative services out there that can better serve diverse customer needs. And so by investing in those female founders, um, we really help drive more innovation and help su uh, support that new area and really close that gender gap. Um, I also think that the diversifying the investor pool is just as important. Um, so bringing in women investors, um, having a more diverse group of women investors, you know, obviously will help invest in um, areas and opportunities that may have otherwise been overlooked and can also just lead to better decision making and risk management. Um, I think that also like bringing in women investors really promotes greater access to capital for underrepresented founders because you're helping support, you know, this group that may have not otherwise um, had access to capital. So um, this includes, you know, women, people of color, like the LGBTQ uh, plus community and just um, a variety of like underrepresented areas that have struggled to raise Um yeah, I like that. I like that. And then um, common biases and misconceptions about female founders and how investors can overcome them. I really want to hear your response with this one. Yeah, sure. So there's been a lot of like biases and misconceptions about female founders. And I think that's what's prevented women uh, and female founders from being able to often raise at times. Um, I would say like one of the biggest or a few of the biggest like misconceptions are that women may be less capable or less ambitious than their male counterparts. Um, they're more risk averse. They don't have the time to focus on, you know, building a company in addition to other things and um, that they may be more focused on like these soft industries. Um, 
like, you know, fashion or traditionally like focused women's um, industries. And I think that the way that we can overcome all these biases is just by actively seeking out female founders and investing in companies that really prioritize diversity and inclusion. Um, and I think that, you know, myself included, like as a female investor, focusing on investing in these female founders and helping support them and their goals and ideas, um, I think can be done in a variety of ways. And that's something that I've really tried to do as well. Um, I prioritize like these female founded companies because I think that they're the ones that can really help make a difference. Um, and I think that ways that we, in which we can do this is just like being more unbiased, again, like this blind screening. Um, and I think that we should make sure that we're really evaluating like female founders on their merits rather than anything gender related or any of these stereotypes that, you know, are often presented. I also think that pushing for different education and awareness efforts um, will mm -hmm. really help dispel these myths and biases. Um, so, for example, like Chicago Blend has been um, really great at this in Chicago and like the All Raise organization. Um, they've really been focused on supporting female founders. Um, and in March, you know, there were a variety of events hosted in the Chicagoland area to really dispel a lot of these biases. And then now focusing back to Gen Z founders, right? Mm -hmm. What are some unique qualities and characteristics of Gen Z founders and how can they differ from previous generations? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest, um, you know, unique qualities and characteristics of just Gen Z founders is their high level of understanding and comfort with technology. Um, I think that, you know, that's why we've seen a lot of development in the space, especially with things such as AI. Um, I think that they're very much more open to exploring these areas because they feel comfortable with them. So that's, you know, obviously important um, for our industry. I also think that they're focused on social impact, as I mentioned before, and just sustainability, you know, trying to make the world a better place and do everything that they can. Um, I also think that Gen Z founders are just a little more authentic and transparent um, and, you know, communicate better. And I think that I've seen that particularly with myself, like as I've interacted with a lot of Gen Z founders, I feel like the Gen Z community um, has just gotten much closer because, you know, there's there's a lot of us like rely on social media or different communities. A lot of us will host different networking events to really, you know, build those connections. And I haven't really seen that across many of the other generations in venture. Um, yeah. And then I also think that Gen Z founders are just way more diverse and inclusive um, and open to new beliefs, which I think is super important. And then I think I would like to end the conversation by asking you this. If a Gen Z potential founder, a future founder came up to you today and asked, Michelle, like, I want to start a company, but from an investor perspective, what advice would you give to that founder? Um, I would say just be your authentic self. And if you really believe in the idea and everything, go for it. And there will be someone that will, you know, people who really believe in you, um, will support you along the way and you'll be able to find funding. You'll be able to find um, like-minded investors 
And I don't think you should ever settle for anyone who, you know, doesn't have the same goals and beliefs as you do. Um, I think that you really need to look for people who are just excited, as excited about um, the Gen Z community and Gen Z founders that are building and trying to change the world. So um, I would also say, come to me if you're a Gen Z founder, you know, looking for investors. I'm always open to helping support in any way I can. And I think that along that point, you know, seeking out other Gen Z investors is really key as well, because all of us are working to grow the um, Gen Z ecosystem together. It was a lovely conversation. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Jason, for having me and hope this was all helpful. Thank you. 